0: I'd like to welcome you to the second day of our seminar on Shimad Bhagavatam at a Glance, and this is the last day of the seminar also. We will talk about Canto 7 through 12 today. Oh, no translation today, huh? I guess there's nobody who needs it. <laughs> nobody needs it. Okay, so it's all right. No translation. Okay, so we are starting here with Canto. Seven, and it's the story of Prahlad and Nishkudev. So, Hirani Kashibu has demonic qualities, and Prahlad has divine qualities, and we are somewhere in between the divine and demonic. We have a few of each, and we're try- we should, but we should try to cultivate the divine qualities like Prahlad has. We should desire like Prahlad. So, how did Prahlad get a natural attraction to Krishna? Uh, to describe nectar devotion, that it was developed simply by the mercy of Narda Muni. He got the blessings of Narda, who instructed him while he was a baby in the womb. And that's how he, be- he got a natural attraction for Krishna. So that's the first lesson that we learn here, is the Prahlad's natural attraction. It's described in Simar Bhagavatam in the fourth chapter of Seventh Canto. And uh, so here, Hiranyakashipu, he's been cursed. He was Jayan Vijay, and he was cursed to take the mani at birth, and he became Hiranikashipu. So now we need translation. Yes. <laughs> so, somebody should translate, hmm. I don't know who, Got, we have a translator, okay, good. So, Rani did austerities and he became very powerful, and then he started disrupting the universe, and uh, then he became king of heaven and all the demigods had to worship him, so, and he turned everything upside down. So when his own son, Prahlad Maharaj, described his devotion to Vishnu, then the father, Haranikasipu, tried to kill him in so many ways. That's described in Chapter 5 over here, and he's preaching to his classmates in the Guruku about devotional service, that you should start at a young age. Why wait until you're old?" And then he told the story. Uh, they asked, well, how did you learn this? There's no teachers here in Gurukul who are teaching such things, mm-hmm. and he said, yes. Uh, then he told the story about his mother. I'll read all the pictures up there are from this book here, um, Shimai Bhagavatam at a Glance. Mm. Whatever you see up there is in here in this book. So teachings of Prahlad, I'll read chapter 7. Prahlad explains how he learned transcendental knowledge. When Hrani left his kingdom to do austerities, the demigods wanted to kill the baby in his wife's womb because they thought he would be a great demon like his father. Narada stopped them and protected the pregnant woman in his ashram and instructed her and Prahlad in the womb. So that's how Prahlad learned about devotional service when he was a baby in the womb, an embryo. So then he continued teaching his classmates, and his father became angry and wanted to kill him. So we go here to Nishingadev. He asked, Is your Lord? Here he's everywhere, let him save you. So Nishing burst out of the pillar of the palace and he killed Hiranikashiku. I'll read chapter eight. When Hiranikashibu himself threatens to kill Pralad, Nishinga bursts from a pillar and fights with him. Finally, Nishinga places Hiranikashw on his lap and pierces him with his lion like claws. All glories to Lord Nishingide. So then everyone is afraid to pacify Lord Nishingadev. The demigods are there, but they're they're all afraid. So they push Prahlad forward to pacify Lord Nishingadev, who's in a very angry mood. So Prahlad comes and he he comes forward and he pacifies Lord Nishingadev with beautiful prayers. So one thing Um, that we should know, is that when Prahlad was praying in front of Lord Nishingadev, even though he saw the Lord face to face, what did he pray for? He prayed for the benediction that he could serve Narada Muni, servant. He wanted to be servant of the servant. Instead of saying, oh Lord, let me uh, do something. What can I do for you? He said, what can I do for your servant, Narada Muni? So this is the lesson we learn from this section is that it's better to be a servant of the servant than to serve the Lord directly. So that's the lesson here in this section. Then he's crowned king of the demons by Lord Brahma. Then the last section is Varnasha because Prahlad has to rule the universe and the demons are not going to become devotees, all of them. So he has to teach them how to live in Varnasha society in a mode of goodness, with balance. And here we have the Brahmachari life in chapter 12, 13 Paramahansa, 14 Grihasta. I'll read about Grihasta life. A Grihasta should affectionately treat animals, birds, and bees exactly like his own children. He should distribute whatever he owns, to everyone without discrimination. The best process is to distribute prasada." So here we have a distributing prasada, and here again to the brahmanas. So that is the end of chapter, canto seven. What lessons did we learn from this canto? Yes? That uh, it's like to serve the servant. Mm. Better to serve the servants of Krishna. Yes? Try to cultivate the divine qualities. Try to cultivate cultivate the divine qualities. Very good, very good. Anything else? Okay, we'll go on to Canto A, part one. Here we see the churning of the ocean of milk. And the first section is Gajendra and Gajendra is an elephant. Thank you. Gajendra is an elephant, but he's a very special elephant. He's in the heavenly planets, and he's in trouble. Crocodile has got his leg. And what does he do? He offers prayers. Very special elephant. He remembered his last life where he was a devotee, but he was cursed to become an elephant. And the Lord comes, he hears his prayers, and he liberates him. He gets a four-armed body and goes to the spiritual world. So this is the story of Gajendra. And the lesson, I'll read, actually, I'll read one, chapter three. Faced with death, Gajendra remembers a prayer that he chanted in his previous life. He helplessly prays to be free from the material conception of life and to be engaged in the Lord's loving service." So the lesson here is that Gajendra prays not only for freedom from suffering, but he also wants to engage in devotional service. He wants eternal liberation by engaging in devotional service. So we should pray like that, not just for a relief from our suffering, but for engagement in devotional service. So now we have the demigods and demons here. The demigods are in trouble. The the demons have again taken over the heavenly planets. They're always doing that, and it's always a fight between the demigods and demons going on since time immemorial. So they go to Brahma, and, and, and Brahma gets a message from Vishnu and the message is make a truce with the demons and churn the ocean of milk so here we are here they are they tried to they had to carry munda a mountain but it was too heavy for them so they all fell down and the lord came and put it on the back of garuda along with all the demigods and demons and they flew to the ocean of milk with garuda so here we have chapter 7 Lord Shiva comes because when they churn the ocean, the first thing that comes out is poison and fire. You can see up here fire and all this black cloud, this is the poison. Poison coming out from the mouth of the snake Vasuki, who is who is the churning rope which they are holding. Demons on one side and demigods on the other. If you want to see a big big uh uh a statue, a whole, what do you call it? Uh, anyway, a whole big statue of this whole thing, go to the airport in Bangkok. In the Bangkok airport, they have a huge diorama, is the name, right in the middle of the airport. Demons on one side, demigods on the other, and they're churning the ocean milk. So, Lord Shiva comes to save the universe by drinking the poison, but a few snakes got it. Not only did the snakes get it, when I was taking a course in Ayurveda, the doctor said that the poison that came out is allopathic medicine, and the nectar which Dhanva Threy brought is the Ayurvedic medicine. So take your choice which medicine you want to take. Uh, then, in Chapter 8, Lakshmi appears, Canto 8, Chapter 8, Verse 8, 8 is Lakshmi's number, and she appears from the churning of the ocean of milk. Then, Dhammantari comes with the nectar. Of course, many other things are produced, uh, including the moon. Dhammantari comes with the nectar, and the demons grab it. So let's see what happens in Chapter When the churning produces nectar, the demon sees it. Just then Mohini Murti, and here she is, an extraordinarily beautiful young lady appears before them. The demons become captivated by her beauty, and she asks them for the nectar, so they give it to her to distribute. Mohini Murti, who is Vishnu in disguise, Then has the demigods and demons sit in different lines before she distributes the nectar. Knowing that the demons are unfit to drink it, she cheats them and distributes it all to the demigods." So that description is here in the book along with the pictures in case you want to get the book later. And here she is, here's Mohini Murthy not giving it to the demons. And of course after that there was a huge fight between the demigods and the demons. And Vishnu came to help out the demigods, so the demons lost. And here is Indra with a foam weapon killing Namuchi. And here in the last, last chapter, Lord Shiva wants to see the Mohini Murti form, so the Lord shows that form to him. And he becomes bewildered. Okay, so what lesson? We did have one lesson here, if anybody remembers. Don't
1: get, hmm? Don't get angry.
0: Don't get angry. Don't get angry. Yeah, that's what Lord Vishnu uh, gave advice. Yes. You have to declare the
1: truth. You shouldn't. Oh, get angry. okay,
0: okay. So you learned a lesson, extra lesson here. There's a lesson in every verse, and in every chapter, and another lesson. Choose the nectar. Cheer the nectar. <laughs> Choose the nectar. Choose the nectar over the poison. <laughs> right. Choose the nectar medicine instead of the poison medicine. Okay, any other lesson? Keep faith in the Lord. Keep faith in the Lord. Yeah, even in tough, difficult situations. Even difficult pray situation. in difficult situations. You should pray. Like Gajendra. Good. Pray like Gajendra and the Lord will surely help you. Good. <coughs> okay, we'll go to part two. The first part is Navanu is all the The rest of the 14 manus are described here in Canto 8, and Bali Maharaj and Vamanadeva are here in the next section. So Bali Maharaj, again what happens, Bali Maharaj takes over the heavenly planet that's going on eternally. The demigods and demons are fighting for heaven. Here he is again. Aditi, mother of the demigods, is upset. She worships Vishnu, Vishnu appears as her son. Vamanadeva. And Vamanadeva goes to the sacrifice that Bali Maharaj is performing and begs for three steps of land. His guru, Shikacharya is saying, don't give, he's Vishnu, he'll take everything. But Bali Maharaj doesn't listen to his guru and he gives the three steps of land. So one step, he covered the earth and the second step, everything, the rest of the universe. So then he arrested Bali because Bali Maharaj did not give him three steps, he gave him only two. So what does Bali Maharaj say? Oh Lord, if you think my promise has become false, this is in chapter 22 here, I shall certainly rectify matters to make it truthful. I cannot allow my promise to be false. Please, therefore, place a third lotus footstep on my head. Thus Bali attained the lotus feet of the Lord, which are difficult even for great mystics to achieve." So, one lesson we learned from Bali Maharaj, he stands for the truth. So even though he was unfairly chastised, he was cursed, he was insulted, he was cheated by the Lord, he was arrested, as well as uh, being cheated. Uh, he gave. He stood for the truth. He gave his promise, and he fulfilled his promise to the Lord. And uh, so, then after the, that, Upendra Vamanadev went to the heavenly planets, with Indra, and Bali Maharaj succeeded in becoming a Mahajan, one of the twelve authorities on devotional service within this universe just by giving everything, atmanivedanam. Pralad was standing for smaranam, and Bali Maharaj was standing for atmanivedanam. So it ran into family, uh, devotional service from his grandfather, he inherited that pra- uh, propensity. So what was that lesson we learned from Bali Maharaj? Yes? one has to stand for the truth. One has to stand for the truth, no matter what what circumstances you are in, okay. Go to Canto Nine. There's two Vangsha, Surya Vangsha. Ambarish is the most important here in this section, and uh, Surya Vangsha Ram, Lord Ram. Vangsha means dynasty, so dynasty of the sun. So Ninth Canto, the first half is dynasty of the sun. The second half is dynasty of the moon. And the famous people who come. In this dynasty especially, Lord Ram comes here. Now I'm going to read chapter one uh, because the first child of Manu uh, was transgender. So it all started back then. Here we see, half man, half woman. Uh, he, he, he was born a girl—I'll read I'll read this from chapter one—Sudumna, the son of Iris Tamanu, is born as a girl and is then transformed into a boy by the prayers of his guru, Vishishta. He's later changed into a girl again when he enters the valley of Lord Shiva. Finally, by Shiva's grace, he's allowed for the rest of his life to alternate between being a man one month and a woman the next. So it was difficult for him to rule the kingdom or or she. But as a woman, she became the mother of the Moon Dynasty. Yeah, she married uh, to Chandra, I think was it Chandra or yeah Chandra. Became mother of the Moon Dynasty as a woman. As a man, uh, she didn't do anything special. So just she was ruling the kingdom, but it was difficult. So um, he was ruling the kingdom. So yes, uh, it's not something new. It's, it's back there in the time of Manu, some millions of years ago, or even billions of years ago, when Manu first came into being. It was 28 yuga cycles, we're in the 28th yuga cycle, times 71 of the Chatur yugas, of the four yugas, that's 4,300,000. Times 71 times 28. And that's how many years ago Manu came and the first child was born. And more stories, Chaivana and Sukanya. And then chapter 4 is about Maharaj Ambarish. When challenged by the yogi, uh, Durvasa, Durvasa created a huge demon, and when challenged, Ambarish Maharaj just stood very steady and said, Okay, Lord. If you want to kill me, it's all right with me. And so then um, he did not waver. But then the Lord was angry, and he sent his on Chakra after Devasa Muni. And he chased him everywhere. Devasa even went to Vaikuntha and took shelter of Vishnu. But Vishnu said, sorry, I cannot help you. You have offended my devotee. So first lesson is be careful of offending a devotee. And second lesson is, depend on the Lord for protection and you will have no worries. So we learned two lessons from this uh, story of Ambarish here in chapter four and five. Now, section two, it starts with Muni and he's meditating in the Jamuna River and he sees two fish having sex life and he wants to get married after that. So he goes to the king. And, but his body is all wrinkled and old, and, the king, and he asked the king for his daughter. He had fifty daughters, and the king said, well, yeah, okay, you can have one. Whoever chooses you, you can have, but who's going to choose him? He's old and wrinkled, he's been in the water, maybe things are growing on him. And um, So he decided he's a yogi, he changed himself into a beautiful, handsome young man. He went into the palace and to the 50 girls, and all of them wanted to marry him. They were fighting. And he said, Okay, I'll marry all of you. So he married 50 daughters of the king. Um, Then, more stories here about uh, the story of uh, the horse which was stolen from King Sagar's sacrifice and different descendants tried to bring the, uh, the Ganga down to deliver their ancestors who had been burnt to ashes. And finally, Bhagirath succeeds. So I will read here chapter 9 about Bhagirath. Amshiman's grandson. Bhagirath undergoes severe austerities and pleases Mother Ganga and Lord Shiva, though Shiva agrees to check the force of the Ganga when she descends to this world. King Bhagirath brings the Ganga to the place where he found the ashes of his forefathers. Simply by their ashes being sprinkled with Ganga water, which can deliver all fallen souls, his forefathers become eligible to go to the heavenly planets. So this is the story of Ganga coming down and Lord Shiva breaks her fall and becomes and delivers the forefathers. Then the story of Lord Ram in chapters ten and eleven. Here he's building the bridge to Lanka and after he brings Sita back and they rule he rules the kingdom. I read chapter eleven. Lord Ramachandra accepts the throne of the state. He cares for the citizens exactly like a father. And the citizens being fully engaged in their duties of Varna and Ashan accept him, just like their father. So a lesson from Lord Ram. He showed by his life that vice cannot conquer virtue. It must virtue must conquer over vice. And if you become his devotee and worship Ram, you can live happily in this world and in the next. So that was the lesson here. And what was the first lesson? We heard also another lesson here. There was a lesson from Ambarish, Mah- two lessons, from the story of Ambarish. Don't, hmm? Don't Offend Devotees, Don't number one. Number two? Right to Yes, depend on the Lord for protection. Good, Good. And the last, what did we learn from Lord Ram? Virtue must conquer over vice. And he also showed the example of a perfect king. Now we go to the Sohavangsha. This is the moon dynasty. Chandra, the moon is here. But Krishna appeared in this dynasty, so this is a very special dynasty. And the first one, important incarnation, is Parasharam who killed all the, the kings 20, 21 times. And then here we have uh, the story of Yayati, and Yadu is one of his sons. And so Yadu will be the, the head of the Yadu dynasty where Lord Krishna will be born. Here's the story of Bharata and. No, Dushmanta and Shakuntala, and their son is Bharata. Here is Radhiki giving in charity. And here's the five Pandavas. They are born in the Kuru dynasty, which is also one of the sons of Yayati, Puru. He, he inherited the throne of his father. Here, Krishna is coming very soon. He's going to be born in this dynasty. Dhammantar is also in the Soma dynasty, uh, for your information. So now we go to canto 10. And this uh, canto, there is also a poster in this book showing Vrajalila. And this is the poster. You can see part of it on the screen. But here it is in the book. Yeah. So each, each petal is a chapter in in the tenth canto of Bhagavata. Our first forty chapters is Vrajlila. and Krishna appears here. We have the birth of Lord Krishna, Jai Pranchalpa. We have the birth of Lord Krishna here in the center of this picture. Then Komara Lila pastimes with Yashoda uh, Maharani, and Paukandha-lila here in the third level, and in the last level Kaisho-lila, or with the gopis, which dancing with the gopis, relationship with the gopis. So we'll start with the birth of Krishna here, he's in Devaki's womb, then he comes to Gokula, Vrindava. Kamsa sends demons, and the first demon is Putana. And something, we can learn a lesson from Putana, uh, from, from this pastime of Putana, that Krishna is God right from birth. He doesn't have to meditate to become God, like some people say. You just do this meditation and you become God. Or some people say, you are God, you just forgot. You forgot you God. No, God doesn't forget. We forget. Because we're not God, that's a symptom of not not being God. So he, at at that very young age, he's just a small infant. He killed, Putana. So he's God from birth. First lesson. Then here we go to uh, we're in Komaralila with Yashoda, and she's tying up Krishna for eating, for breaking the butter pots and feeding the monkeys, and. So here is Dhammadharlila. I'll read chapter 9. Again and again, Yashoda tries to bind naughty Krishna, and again and again, the additional rope she gathers proved too short by two fingers. She becomes so fatigued that Krishna relents and allows himself to be bound by her pure devotion. So the the lesson here is that why is it two fingers too short? Because you need the mercy of Krishna to be successful as well as you need to endeavor. So Yashoda was endeavoring so much, she got the mercy of Krishna and he allowed himself to be tied up by her. And it's her love that conquered him, it was her love. So then we can go to Pau Gandalila, or before that, actually, we'll go down here to chapter 13. Lord Brahma decides to steal Krishna's friends and calves, but Krishna expands himself into new boys and calves just to please his devotees who wanted them him as their child. When a full year has passed, Brahma returns and sees Krishna is still playing with his friends and calves. He becomes completely bewildered. So one thing we learn, another lesson from this um, chapter 13, is when Brahma sees Krishna expand as the Vishnu forms, then Vishnu is glancing at him. And in the glance there's something very special. And the glance, there is, when you see the glance of the Lord, that creates desires for devotional service it's like the motive, spiritual mode of passion that uh, you get here in the material world we do material things and, and that helps us get more material desires but when you get the glance of Krishna you get more spiritual desires to serve Krishna and then also by his smile he protects those desires smile is like mode of goodness so if you see the deity if you get the glance, you might want to do more service. And if you get the smile, then uh, that will protect your desires. So that's the lesson here. Krishna's gives desires for service. His smile protects those desires. So, chapter 25 here, Krishna is lifting Govardhan Hill. angered, Indra tries to destroy Vrindavan with rainstorms. With one hand, Krishna picks up Govardhan Hill, which is touching the clouds and holds it up as easily as a child holds up a mushroom. Then let's go to Kaisharalila. Kaisharalila, Krishna appears in chapter... Well, he, he goes away from the gopis. after During the Raslila, he leaves the gopis. He comes back in chapter 32. Here he is. Krishna appears in the midst of the gopis who have become extremely disturbed by separation from him. After he consoles them, they express to him their deep feelings of ecstasy. One gopi grasps his hands, another places his arm on her shoulder, another accepts the remnants of betel nuts he has chewed. Thus, they serve him. So, lesson we learn from this uh, Krishna's pastimes with the gopis is: you should not criticize Krishna when he dances with the gopis. Should not criticize the powerful controller, especially Lord Krishna should not be criticized. Okay. So what other lessons did you learn from this? Here's the leela that you can see. Uh, what other less- what lessons did we learn here in this tenth canto of Rajalila pastime?
1: Krishna is God from birth.
0: Krishna is God from birth, yes. And what else? Yes. Another lesson?
1: He can be conquered by love.
0: You can be conquered by love of Yashoda. So what were the two things that are necessary to...
1: Endeavor
0: Endeavor and mercy. Good. Mercy and endeavor. Okay. Uh, Any other lesson? Okay, raise your hand. (laughs) Okay.
1: Krishna's... uh, Smile protects from
0: desires. Smile protects it gives you no it protects your spiritual desires. Good. And what does his glance do? Desire to do more devotional service. Yes, he gives you spiritual desires. Okay. Chapter thirteen. And what other lesson did we learn from Canto Ten? Don't criticize Krishna. <laughs> He is the controller. Alright, now we go to Mathura and Dwarkalila. So here he's in Mathura, he's killing the elephant, killing Kamsa, going to Guruku, and then he sends Uddhava back to Vrindavan with a message. He doesn't forget the residence of Vrindavan. So I'll read chapter 47. Reading Lord Krishna's message, Uddhava tells the gopīs, I am the supreme soul and supreme shelter of all. I am indeed most dear to you gopīs, but to increase your attraction for me and intensify your remembrance of me, I left you. After all, when a woman's beloved is far away, she fixes her mind upon him constantly. By incessantly remembering me, you are sure to attain my association without delay." So if we, here's a lesson, uh, to get relief from separation, we should read Bhagavatam because what he told the Gopis is the four seed verses, the essence of Bhagavatam. That message was the essence of Bhagavatam. So because of hearing Bhagavatam, the residents of Vrindavan gained relief from their pangs of separation. Now, Dwarakalila, part two, he's marrying a lot of queens, killing a lot of demons and saving one lizard from a well, and enjoying with his queens. Here he is in his palace, Narada Muni visits all his 69 palaces within a few moments. So I'll read Chapter 69. Lord Krishna notices Narada visiting his palace. Immediately Krishna offers obeisances to the sage and seats him on his own seat. Then the Lord bathes Narada's feet and sprinkles the bath water on his head." So that's chapter 69. And one thing we learn here in this chapter 69, uh, the Acharyas comment that when Narada was visiting the different palaces of Krishna, he saw Krishna doing something different in every palace. In one palace he was waking up. and. He was doing some puja worship. Another palace he was having lunch. Another palace he was in the afternoon swimming with his wives. Another palace he was going to sleep. So what what we what Narda learned was there was a different time zone in every palace. 16,108 time zones. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> And Naray, because he went just in a few minutes, in a few seconds, he he traveled in all the uh, 16,108 palaces. So we learn here that time is ever present in the spiritual world. There's no question of time zones. It would look like time zone, but it's all all the present. So put that in the computer of your brain and figure it out how that could be. How could be present and it be uh, morning, evening, and night at the same time? and it's all present, <laughs> no past, future. <laughs> How can that be? All right, so what was the other lesson we learned from uh, Jorka, Mathura Leela? When you're feeling separation from… yeah? If you don't see
1: Krishna, he does it to increase our attraction.
0: All right. If you don't see Krishna, it means he's allowing… You, you to increase your attraction for him. So what should you do if you're feeling like that? Read Srimad (laughs) Bhagavatam. That's the message to the gopis, the the seed verses of Srimad Bhagavatam. Dwarakalila, what was the lesson in Dwarakalila? That time is ever present. Okay, now we're at the end of the 10th canto entitled Dwarka and Beyond. So we have the last pastimes here. Sudama, the lesson of from Sudama is that Krishna wants only our love. Sudama brought something that was not offerable to Krishna, but Krishna saw the love in it and he snatched it and he took it and he ate it. So Krishna wants only our love. And then he kills demons, he takes Arjuna to Mahavishnu Loka to rescue, to get back some Brahmana's sons. Here they are, the, the children of a, of a Brahmin who was snatched because Vishnu wanted to get uh, the darshan of Krishna. Even Vishnu can't get Krishna's darshan, so how can we? Uh, he's, he's Krishna. And here's this, this one is Lord Shiva protecting Vrikashura from killing himself, but then he has to run from Vrikashura, who gets the benediction to split anyone's head who he touches. But he's saved by Lord Vishnu. So here is uh, the end, it ends in sweetness. So five special glories of Krishna that are no other incarnation showed. So I'll tell you these five glories. Number one, Krishna's uh, the reputation of the Yadu dynasty eclipsed that of the Ganga River because Krishna appeared there. Second, Krishna gives liberation not only to his devotees, but also to the demons. Third, Lakshmi could not join the Lord's pastimes in Braja despite her eagerness to do so. Four, the name Krishna is superior to the name Narayan. And to all those of Lord Krishna's other expansions. And five, Lord Krishna solidly reinstated Dharma, the bull of religion, on his four legs of compassion, austerity, cleanliness, and truth. Okay. So any, uh, anybody remembers? Was there one before that? Uh, yeah. What was the previous lesson we learned, or even one of the five? Yes. That um, the, the fame of dynasty eclipses the. Yeah, fame of the other dynasty, okay? What's another special glory of Krishna? Mm-hmm.
1: Krishna accepts even something almost
0: unofferable covered by love with love. Yes, Krishna accepts even something unofferable if it is saturated with love. Okay, another, yeah. That the, uh, Lakshmi actually. Lakshmi could not join. Good. Any other uh, glory, uh, quality of Krishna? Yeah.
1: His glory eclipses Ganga.
0: His glory eclipses Ganga. Also, okay. Wow.
1: His uh, name is sweeter than the rhymes.
0: His name is sweeter than the rhyme. He liberates the demons. Okay. I think we got. Oh, and one more. Stored Dharma, Stored dharma, dharma. dharma the Bull of Religion. Good. Okay, so let's go to Canto Eleven. Here we have the first part is Lord Chaitanya, then Uddhava-gita, <coughs> and the first part of Uddhava-gita is twenty-four Gurus and Bhakti. So let's read here, Chapter Five. In Kali Yuga, the Lord appears in a golden color, accompanied by associates who are his primary and secondary limbs and his weapons. He is absorbed in Krishna Kirtan and is worshipped by the Sankirtan Yogya. So that's here we see the Panchatattva. They appear in Bhagavatam also. Not only Krishna appears, but the whole Panchatattva appears in Bhagavatam in Chapter 5 of Canto 11. Now here we see them. And the lesson from here is to worship Lord Chaitanya. He is the, the incarnation for Kali Yuga. We should worship Lord Chaitanya. So you all are doing that, that's good for you. So Uddhava is about to leave, I mean Krishna is about to leave, and Uddhava says, take me with you. And Krishna says, no, you have to go with a message to the sages at Kasha, because that's the only place I didn't go. And here we have Uddhava Gita, 24 gurus, and the lesson is that we should see the objects of this world as our shiksha gurus and not as our sense objects. So I'll read Chapter 7. To pass Fayurva, Lord Krishna describes an ancient conversation between a Brahman avaduta and King Yadu. The avaduta received instructions from 24 gurus, from the mountain and tree, he learned how to serve others and how to dedicate one's whole life to others' benefit. From the sun, he learned how to avoid entanglement while in contact with sense objects. From fire, he learned how to devour things without being dirty, and how to destroy all inauspicious desires of those who make offerings to him. From the pigeon, he learned excessive affection and attachment are not good. From the water, he learned how to be naturally clear and purifying. So here we have these different gurus, the mountain, the sun, the tree, more tolerant than the tree. From the earth he also learned tolerance. And from the mountain how to serve others. And from the water how to speak sweet words, Krishna Katha. And he, these are some of the other gurus, the deer, the fish, the bee, elephant, and a moth going into the fire. More, more gurus here, the, the snake <coughs> and the spider. So then after that we hear more about uh, reincarnation and two birds and one tree, the soul and super-soul. And chapter 12, the gopis, um, I'll read chapter 12. The young women of Vrindavan felt such deep attachment to Krishna that their minds overflowed with ecstasy in his company. And they perceived an entire night spent with him as just a fraction of a second. When Akura took Shri Krishna and Baladev to Mathura, however, the gopis thought of each night without him as equal in duration to a millennium of the demigods. Okay. So what lesson did we learn here in this section of Canto Eleven? Mm-hmm. That uh, one should... Uh Learn from a nature, take nature uh, yeah. as a guru, not as a sense object. The take nature as guru and not as sense object. Good. So we'll go to part two. Here we have more of Gita, yoga processes, and uh, Ashtanga Yoga and varnasham in the first part, yoga processes in the second, Hiragyaganda Bhakti in the third part. So here, we have uh, mystic yoga processes in chapter 15. If you want any mystic power, read chapter 15 and you, you'll, they'll tell you how to get it. But at the end of the chapter, it says, these mystic powers are impediments for emotional service. So then we have more about creation, about here's varnasham. Brahmachari, Grihastha, Vanaprastha, and Sannyas, And Hangsa Avatar, who preaches to Brahma and the Four Kumaras. Then we have here uh, yoga processes. I'll read Chapter 20. The human body is like a boat. She grew Dave is a helmsman, and the Lord's mercy is a favorable breeze. If a person who has attained such a rare boat does not desire Across the ocean of material existence, he is a killer of the soul. And here we have, just like chapter two of Bhagavad Gita, the fall down sequence, meditating on the objects, and anger, loss from lust, anger, anger, illusion, illusion. Wilderness of memory, intelligence is lost, and we fall into the material pool. So here is again change of body, and then there's the Brahmana, one Brahmana who became uh, detached, who taught Vairagya, and there's the Sannyas verse here in this chapter that he he was saying people were giving him trouble. Was, was it the people? Is it the stars? Is it my karma? Ooh, what is giving? Who is giving my trouble? Me trouble? Who is my enemy? And he he analyzed everything, and he came to the conclusion: it's the mind. The mind is giving me trouble. The enemy is inside me, and that will be the topic of today's Sunday feast. Sure. Mind, friend or enemy? <laughs> so yes, uh, there we have the modes of nature in chapter in chapter twenty-five, um, and then we go to the last section of ViRadya Gana Bhakti. We have deity worship here mentioned in this hari chapter. 29, by understanding all living beings to be Lord Krishna's place of residence, one can attain the ability to see equally everywhere, Thus, all faulty qualities, envy, false ego, and so on, will be removed. So there, there is one lesson we can learn from chapter 29, where Krishna tells Uddhava near the end of Uddhava Gita, actually it is the end, that uh, The devotees are the most clever of all people because they take the material, they use the material to get the spiritual. So this whole Uddhava Gita is about the difference between material and spiritual, between body and soul. So the devotees, they are so clever, they use the body, a material thing, they use to get spiritual life, to get eternal life. how do you do that? By hearing, by chanting. You use your tongue, you use your ears. And If you do that, if you, you trade in vishnu uh, uh, chakravarti comments that you give this body, which is worth nothing, you give it, you trade it in, and what do you get? You get Krishna all his, with all his opulences. So it's a good, good deal. We should do it, and that's the lesson for this um, section here. Then we have the last section, Disappearance of the Yadus and Lord Krishna, the Yadus fight at Prabhasa Shetra. Krishna sits by a banning tree and leaves his body. The hunter begs forgiveness for shooting an arrow at his heel, but it's Krishna's time to leave. It's not because of the arrow. And uh, he sends the hunter back to Godhead. So what was the lesson we learned here in this part of Canto Eleven? Yes? Difference between spiritual and material. Difference between material and spiritual. Okay? Yes? That it's not the karma of living entities. It's not the karma the stars, the living entities. It's the mind who's our enemy. Hmm. Food for thought. Another lesson. And another lesson we learned here. Mm-hmm. By
1: respecting everybody, one can become free from envy,
0: rivalry. Good. By respect- respecting everyone, one can become free from envy. Right.
1: And devotees are the most clever because mm. they can transform matter into
0: spirit. The devotees are most clever because they can transform matter into spirit. Good. Now we come to Canto 12, and we have three incarnations in this Kali Yuga the Holy Name, the Shima Bhagavatam, and Lord Chaitanya. Three incarnations. Because we need more mercy. We're all mercy cases. We need to be surrounded by mercy. So we've got here Pachatawa, we've got bhagavatam and we've got the holy name. So just take shelter of one of these, or all three, and your life is perfect. So Kali Yuga, the kings are described here. And then here we see in Kali Yuga a beautiful boat. Let's read about this, chapter three. kali Yuga is an ocean of faults, but it possesses one great quality. Simply by chanting the name of Krishna, one can be delivered from material association and attain the absolute truth. So here we have chapter three, stay in the boat, don't jump off. And then we have um, annihilation, the next section, chapter four. There are four types of annihilation. During one of these annihilations, Lord Shiva dances his Tandavanita, the dance of dissolution, and the universe fills with fire. Later, the planets are inundated. So, this is uh, four kinds of annihilation. One is the annihilation of this day of Brahma. At the end of the day of Brahma, the lower planets and heavenly planets are annihilated, but the Mahaloka and Atapa, they are not annihilated. Just uh, (coughs) Bhur burbu Svar are annihilated. And then at the end of the universe, the whole material elements are annihilated. And then every second, cells and our body is changing. So there's eternal, Nitya annihilation. And then the fourth annihilation is the final annihilation when you go back to home, back to Godhead. So that's the best one, because then after that, no more annihilation, no more death. No more death. So uh, now, chapter 5, we hear the last instructions of Shukadev. Considering Pariksha's impending death by the bite of the snake bird, Takshaka, Shukadev gives him some final instructions. He explains the idea I will die. Is the mentality of animals because the soul does not undergo the phases of previous non existence, birth, existence, and death. When the body's subtle mental covering is destroyed by transcendental knowledge, the soul within the body again exhibits its original identity. So, last instructions lesson is always prepare for death by chanting Hare Krishna. And here, Pariksit. Leaves his body. He's bitten by Tashika. Of course, he left his body before the, the snake bit him. So he went back to Godhead. And then now the next section is Markandeya Rishi. He gets a darshan of Narayana. Mm-hmm. And what does he ask for? Oh dear. Uh, he asks to see Maya. Mm-hmm. Not a good desire. Not a good question, not a good desire for a benediction. So what does he see? He lives for the whole annihilation. I'll read chapter 9. He lives through a a night of Brahma. With great difficulty, Markandeya moves about all alone in the water of devastation for a long time until he comes upon a banyan tree. Lying upon a leaf of that tree is an infant glowing with charming effulgence. That child is Lord hearty, Lord Hardy. good. So he, he but meanwhile he for billions of years, a you know, whole night of Brahma. I don't know, it's, it's really a long time. You don't want to be there, and you don't want to be alive during the night of Brahma. Better you go and sleep like everybody else does. They go to sleep in Mahavishnu. So don't listen. Don't ask to see Maya. Not a good idea. Then later he gets darshan of Lord Shiva, gets blessings, then description of the Puranas, the 18 Puranas, and glorification of Shima and Bhagavatam in the last section. How to study Bhagavatam in the last chapter. Vyasadeva hears from Narada how to study Bhagavatam that you should hear, you should chant, properly chant. Subhatan, Shinvan, Subhatan, and you should be introspective and meditate how to put this into your life, how to apply what you hear in your life. And all this should be done with bhakti, bhakti. So this, uh, at the end of Bhagavatam, there is a verse, I offer respectful obeisances unto the Supreme Lord Hari. Congregational chanting of whose holy names destroys all sinful reactions and offering obeisances unto whom relieves all material sufferings. So the last lesson is that the holy name is the essence of Bhagavatam and the connection to Chaitanya Charitamrita. All through Bhagavatam the holy name is glorified and the last verse talks about Senkirtan Yogya, And then we go to Chaitanya Charitamrita. Okay, so what lessons did we learn here in Canto 12? Yes? Don't try to see Maya. Don't try to see Maya. Yes. (laughs) And what else? Always be
1: prepared for death by chanting Hare Krishna. Always be prepared for
0: death by chanting Hare Krishna. Good. And yes? How to study Srimad Bhagavatam? How to study study Srimad Bhagavatam. Things. Hearing, yes? Hearing, chanting, and trying to be introspective. Yeah, considering, thinking about it, <coughs> meditating on it. Good. Okay. So, any questions or comments on this final, on all the, actually all the last seven council. Yes. Thanks.
1: During Bali Maharaj's descriptions. Mm-hmm. Um Bali Maharaj. yes. Uh, truth should be spoken
0: no matter what the circumstance, in all circumstances. We should we should stand for the truth. Yes. We well, of course, Bhagavad Gita tells you it, it tells you how you should speak the truth. Also, right. I just wanted to hear a little bit more yeah. about this time. It should be sweet. The truth should be sweet to hear. And uh, yeah, you should not damage anyone's faith by speaking the truth. Um, you should be very careful. Yeah. And it should be concise. Truth spoken concisely is is very good.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, the, the difficulty in practical terms is that many a times um, the truth is either spoken um, which is not in those lines that you right, mentioned. Right, right, then it's a problem. That there's a problem, and then the other part is that uh, the truth is spoken for, for the benefit. Exactly, the
0: exactly. Truth is for the benefit of the person.
1: Person or an organization, uh, let's say. But the people that are the recipients either misconstrue. Yeah, or
0: that, or that happens. That yeah, happens. Many
1: times. Um, so, what should be done in those circumstances when the people? Who are ultimately supposed to benefit from the truth, even if it's spoken eloquently, uh, right. are are taking offense.
0: Yeah, that happened in our early days. They they happening. made they made a, a BTG article about how Balabhacharya offend was uh, uh, not uh, correct in his uh, relationship with Lord Chitanya, and he wanted to. Say I I did a better commentary than Swami, and Lord Chaitanya said no who can who can do better and he neglected Balabhadra so the lady who donated for Prabhupada's boat ride to America was a disciple of you know devotee of Balabhadra and so she got really upset and Prabhupada told the devotee and Prabhupada had to had to pacify her he pacified her and he told the devotees don't Write things like that, <laughs> and PTG. So don't write controversial topics like that. And so yeah, we have to be very careful when you speak the truth. One one devotee, she Hladini, uh, my god sister, she spoke the truth about one to one head of the government, and she got killed for it. She got killed by the the governor, the president. He, she asked. She told him, you know. Um, you're doing things which are demoniac, <laughs> so you should be more careful and do uh, be in the mode of goodness he did and he came and he killed all the devotees because of that remark of truth of truth, and she spoke it sweetly, but he didn't appreciate it so you have to you have to consider these things when you speak the truth uh, uh, if you're going to die for it. <laughs> Is it worth it? Is it worth dying? <laughs> it sounds like it, it? <laughs> well, In all circumstances. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, you do have to see, actually, if, if by your speaking the truth you can change anything. Mm. Also, uh, there's your uh, circle of being able to change things, circle of concern. You have a bigger circle of concern than you do of actually what you can do. So you have to be careful that you don't step out of out of your lines. The truth may be truth, but there is a way to go through it through authorities. Suppose somebody who is senior to you has done something wrong and you know you want to speak the truth, but the way to do it is to go to somebody who's their friend, go to an authority and they rectify it. Not that you go and challenge, challenge the person. Although in one sense it's good that you speak in front of the person instead of in back of the person, but um, if you want to actually change, you're not going to change the person, but if you want to change something then you have to go through the proper lines of authority to do it. Any other questions? you have? S- uh, yes, or comments? <laughs>
1: Uh, I've, I've only had a question about uh, the power of Shima Bhagavatam and the Holy Name to protect from the age of Kali, It's a classic uh, glorification of the Bhagavatam and the name that they protect us from the, the age of
0: the age of Kali. Yeah.
1: So the question is uh, why do we quarrel if we... Why do we?
0: Quarrel. Quarrel.
1: why anyway, do we fight if we all chant uh, why do
0: devotees quarrel? You're saying why do devotees quarrel? If, if why aren't we
1: protected from uh, the why aren't we protected? influence of Kali?
0: Yes. Well, we are protected. So what what you see the, what the quarrel you see is is a very token of what it would have been if we were not devotees. Like we may quarrel like between ourselves, like family. But if you go outside, then it expands to countries killing each other. And we may say we may say a few words, uh, we, and later we regret those words, but um, and then we offer obeisances and we pacify the other devotee. So we are protected from um, the majority of the quarrel of the age of Kali. We don't get into the issues uh, that of uh, politics and things. Although we do have one devotee now who's running for president of the United States. But uh, generally, we don't we we don't get into these issues. When Prabhupada was here, um, there was uh, the, uh, the issue of the Vietnam War, and all the youth were against it. And uh, Prabhupada just said, "You know, don't get into this issue. It's it's uh, part of Kali. It's the age. It's the quarrel. Part of Kali's quarrel, and we're not meant to be in this." Uh, part uh, quarrel. We're not meant to get into the quarrel. Even like cow killing, he didn't get into that. I mean, he talked about it, but he didn't say that we should go and protest and do stuff like that. That you know, we weren't meant to engage in the things that normally we would have done. Uh, and we were doing. We were all in the protest marches and everything. But then by taking up the chanting of the holy Name and Shima Bhagavatam, we stopped that uh, extra quarrel extra getting into the issues like war and peace and, and all these things yeah and we are we are protected to a great extent and if you want to find out how, how you're if you're how how it is when you go out into the world then you, you can see the difference between the people there, how in so much anxiety about things that we're not in anxiety about. They are all, all in great fear. Now the 5G is coming and everybody's in anxiety, except the people who want to do it. They're happy. Um, but if we just chant Hare Krishna, we could probably counteract a lot of the 5G. <laughs> prophet. Said in Calcutta, and when he was a child, there was an epidemic of of plague. There was a plague, and they counteracted it by Hari Nam Sukirtan. They had Kirtan in every house, and they stopped the plague in Calcutta. And so, the holy name and Bhagavatam are very powerful. Even if you don't stop the five G, you stop you purify the hearts of the people by the chanting. So not only are we saved from a lot of quarrel, but other people are are saved also from from these things. Any other questions? I have one. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: when the when the demigods and demons, they were about to join the ocean, the Gargulze, he brought the Mandara mountain, and then he had to leave because Basuki uh, was going to come. So my question is that… The, that Garuda left because he was not able to
0: control his senses. Like, no, he awesome. left because it's the Lord's desire. The Lord wanted Garuda to leave, so they could, so that Vasuki could be free from anxiety and do his service. He, he, so he, 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 yeah, and he appreciated the service of Vasuki. Vasuki is doing service and. In the churning of the ocean of milk, he was the rope, very important service. And Guru's service was finished by that time. And so he, no need for him to stay around. Any other questions? Jai to Prabhupada. So whatever picture you saw is in this book. And you can get the book if you like are you going yeah, Prabhupada Keith? Yeah.